0: all right welcome back to another episode of a little of everything uh today we have a longtime friend first-time guest daniel with us say hi daniel
1: hello
0: um i'm really excited about this episode this was one of the first ideas that i had when i started this Aww. podcast yeah um so daniel and i have kind of we've known each other for two years mm-hmm. we work together used to work together um We've known of each other. We live in kind of a smallish town where everyone knows everyone. Um, So we've known each other for two years. Today we're gonna talk about his journey growing up gay in the evangelical church, how that's been, uh, how he decided to come out, what it's been like since then, and uh, just the relationship between the gay community and the evangelical church specifically in this area so Daniel tell us uh, about your family the church you grew up in just a basic foundation of who you are
1: all right Um, my mom raised six of us by herself Um, when I was six years old we left my dad and lived with my grandma for a little bit and then eventually moved out on I say our own but my mom moved out (laughs) Um, yeah I have three older sisters, and I had an older brother who passed away when he was 13. He had cerebral palsy. And then I had a, I have a younger brother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say, like, the name of the church? or
0: If you're comfortable, yeah, yeah. you can say
1: it. Uh, we grew up going to Grace Community Church out in Gresham. Gresham. Sorry, I'm drinking chai, and it's like... Making my tongue a little bit. My,
0: uh, my father-in-law calls it the church formerly known as Grace. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, we started going there shortly after we left my dad. Um, and my mom and sisters still attend there regularly. Um, but, yeah.
0: When did you first have inklings that you were attracted to men or boys at the time?
1: Uh, when I was 12.
0: Really yes was it was it a progressive like kind of a feeling, or was it like a you just knew
1: uh, I didn't know what it was, yeah, um this is stupid, but the thing that I like the landmark thing that I remember, yeah, um, is looking at the statue of David and being <laughs> like, oh <laughs> um, oh he blessed, <laughs> yeah, um, and Fair that to. was on like some like kids wikipedia thing yeah. that existed um when i was 12 it doesn't exist anymore um but that's when i that's like the moment in time that i can look back on and be mm-hmm. like oh that was different yeah but at the time i didn't know that what i was feeling was that i was gay right um, i just knew that i was attracted to men or the male the sp- d
0: vitamin <laughs> d <laughs> Yeah. The the male anatomy. Yes. The
1: male...
0: Physique. Physique. I like that word. (laughs) So uh, you're 12 years old and Mm -hmm. you keep growing up and you are having these feelings and worried. Or were were you worried? Were you stressed?
1: Uh, At times I was. Yeah. Um,
0: The more clarity that you knew what was happening. Yeah. The more I
1: realized what was going on, the more worry and anxiety...
0: Yeah. Piled on.
1: Yeah. Um, I, growing up in the church, I heard all the time that marriage is one man one woman. Um, and I was just like, that's how it is. And this is just going to blow over. Mm-hmm. It's because I didn't have a dad. And I want that like male affection. And that's where that's coming from. Uh, so I did, I actually went through a class when I was in junior high at my church, which is weird to think about like, the other men in that class. And then there's a junior high boy sitting there. Uh, Right. But Was it about
0: homosexuality? No, it was
1: about uh, being a a man of God. Um, What does that even mean? (laughs) uh, What was it? Authentic manhood was the name of it. Um, And it was just talking about what the role of a husband is in the family in regards to the Bible and the church. Um, and how, as men, there are things that get in our way. Um, and one of them can be what they call the father wound. And that was, like, a chapter of the book that we read through. And so I was like, this is it. This is going to, yeah. like, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to fix everything. I'm not going to yeah. be gay anymore. And it's going to be great. Uh, and I did. I went through the chapter. I went through the emotions of not having a dad and worked through and, like, actually forgave him. Uh, which is interesting that as a 12-year-old that I was able to yeah. forgive my dad for all the crap. Yeah. Um, but then nothing changed. And I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. This was supposed to fix it. Yeah. And so I just stuffed it away and assumed that because I was trying and I was following what God was telling me to do and everything that it would just blow over and one day I could fulfill what the role of a man was is to marry a wife and be the head of the household and have kids and provide for all of that. It did. <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> I just... the The whole, like, wounded... The father wound just is such an oversimplified formula, I think, that it's... I don't know. It really bothers me. It just bothers me because that's, that's, it's, they say it's a one case fits all kind of thing. Like, oh, you are gay because of this and you do this and you're better. And then when it doesn't work, surprise, people feel like shit about it.
1: Yeah. To be fair, it was no one in that class that said that. No. Um, that was something that I told myself. But I know that it is a common theory. Yeah. Among the evangelical church that yeah. that is why. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. I had a friend who was sexually abused as a child and then grew up and had feelings for uh, the same sex. And everyone in the church was like, oh, it's obviously because she was abused. Like, obviously. And Ugh. it was just so frustrating for her because she never really felt heard, like, people just put the label like, oh, she was abused and that's why instead of actually hearing what she felt and what she was going through. So Yeah,
1: which even if that was the reason, it is not okay to parade that around someone else's trauma. Yeah. You can't just throw that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People use it to make themselves feel better by saying, "Right, I have that person figured out because they're broken Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's, that's not the way it works. So being a teenager... What was going through your mind? It was good. <laughs> that depends on,
1: like, the day. <laughs>
0: you had to be the head of the household. Kind of. Yeah, unofficially.
1: I was the oldest boy in the family. Yeah. Oldest man in the house. Um, and just with my natural um, tendencies, I yeah. took on a lot of responsibilities that weren't mine to carry. Yeah. Um, which did some good in me but it was also it made things difficult yeah uh, trying to grow up um, faster than I should have yeah Um, in regards to my sexuality there were periods where it would like disappear kind of and it wouldn't be a problem Um, and I could kind of ignore it and I would use those times to be in like I'm following God I'm doing what's right and that's why it's away um and then out of nowhere it would just like yeah crap back up and in that time i wasn't attracted to women yeah it's just that i wasn't noticing so yeah. i have That's a 2 okay. month old puppy, puppy. puppy <laughs> and she is a little restless right now can you be um sorry Got this <laughs> right. okay um yeah, thoughts were um, that I was damaged. Yeah. Um, and that I just needed to fix myself, and when that happened, I could finally like move on with life and get the rest of my life going and fix everything else. Um, which is a lot for a teenager to <laughs> like. You have. Yeah. To fix, you have to change something fundamentally about you um and it was never said to me because no one ever knew that I was feeling these things yeah um because I didn't want my reputation to be scarred that's something that my mom told us all growing up is that a a reputation is everything and if you have a bad reputation even if you change then people are going to look at your reputation and not believe the change which is a whole nother thing yeah okay (laughs) we can do another podcast about that yeah (laughs) yeah Um, but I didn't want to, like, fix myself and then have to recover from people knowing this thing that I had fixed. Yeah. Um, so I carried it all internally by myself for 12 years, so. That's
0: a freaking heavy load to carry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Jeez. Okay, for t- for 12 years. So then you were 24.
1: I was. Is that right?
0: Okay. What? prompted you to come out?
1: Um, I realized that it wasn't going away. um, And I started uh, working at a job that I really loved. And I- With me. (laughs) With Becca. (laughs) um, And I started, um, I went in with high expectations and goals for myself and I started to meet those. And I was like, oh, wow, like I can, I can actually do things. Yeah. Um, you feel so, capable. Yeah.
0: Our job does that.
1: Yes. I really like it. When yeah. you have a good manager, it yeah. does. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Which we did. Yes. Um, yes.
0: Daniel g- promoted and transferred elsewhere. I did. So we used to work together. I still work at that same place. Uh, so anyway, carry oh, on. on. Just for clarification, <laughs>
1: carry on. Um, yeah. So I started to kind of like stand on my own two feet and yeah. realized that life wasn't going to wait for me to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, and so I had in high school, I had dated, I don't know if you can even call it that. Uh, I had dated a girl for three months and we never kissed, uh, because I was not interested. <laughs> um, but I just figured it's because she wasn't the right girl and that's why there was no attraction. There. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the year that I had started working, um, I tried to like go on a few dates with um, two different girls um, and went on two with one of them.
0: I forgot about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and realized oh that gosh. there was no attraction there. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, it's not this one. Yeah. Time to move on. <laughs> Um, And I thought that it was this other one. um, But then she didn't reciprocate any, like, attraction towards me. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks, but whatever. Yeah. Um, And then on the night before my 24th birthday, so October, or, yeah, 24th birthday. October 6th. uh, Almost. Jeez, it's been like a year and a half now. uh, I had been reading a lot of books about homosexuality in the church and on all spectrum, all along the spectrum of it's okay and it's fine as long as you love Jesus, all the way to if you are going to be a Christian, you can be gay, but you can't act on anything and you have to be single and celibate for your entire life and then everything in between. Um, And I had just read, I had just finished a book that was on the far side of you have to be single and celibate
0: I think you lent me those books.
1: Sorry. No, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm choking up. But that night, I was so upset. And I had lost all hope of everything. Um, And I was house-sitting at the time and had brought a bottle of tequila with me to make some margaritas (laughs) one night. Um, And I had to open at work the next day and that was opening shift is basically the middle of the night and i was like i need to sleep i need to shut my brain off i need to do something because i need to be able to function at work tomorrow i just got bit by the dog um and so i was like i'll just take a shot and i will Mm -hmm. kind of like let it permeate my blood and calm me down And one shot turned into eight. Um, I threw up three times and slept for maybe an hour before I had to go to work. Um, And the next day was my birthday, and I didn't have any plans with anyone. Um, No family, no friends, nothing. And it was just a continuation of, this is what my life is going to be like as a gay person in the church. Is I'm going to be alone, and that's like my punishment for being gay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then after work, I went back to where I was house-sitting and realized that I didn't want that. And I told myself that I had a choice and I'm not going to let some other people's thoughts define what my life gets to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, on my 25th, on my 24th birthday, um, I... Can, kind of like came out to myself and was like, you're gay, but this is not a death sentence. Uh, That's and there's huge. A lot of emotions and yeah. a lot of things that come along with that. Yeah. Um. But it was what made me make that decision was that awful book. <laughs> um, and my, I was repulsed by it. And there was no way I was going to let my life be determined by the loneliness and lack of hope mm. of someone else's life. Mm. So.
0: It's incredibly brave. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> so then you started coming out to a few people.
1: Yes. A very small and select group of people. Yeah. Um, because at the time I was in a leadership position at my church. Yeah. Um, and it... Was very it was important to me uh, and the people that I was serving that I stayed in that position as long as I could and I didn't want to jeopardize that. Yeah. Um. So on my birthday, I came out to uh, my best friend, mm-hmm. um, and then Becca is actually the second person that I came out to a week later. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I texted you and I was like, hey, it's been a while. We should yeah. get a brunch. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was on maternity leave Yeah, at that time. So I I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on.
1: Um, and then that circle started as I started to get more confident with myself and um, people were responding well. Yeah. Um, I, the momentum kind of picked up and I wasn't able to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I Figured that I should tell the people in my life that it's important, um, and were kind of sensitive things that if they had heard it from someone else before I got the chance to tell them, yeah, then it would have caused more damage, right? Um, and so that kind of pushed me uh, to do it earlier than I wanted to, but it all happened, yeah. So
0: and then you decided to come out publicly. I did. through a video. Tell us. Tell us about that. What what um, prompted you to do it in a video form?
1: I was house-sitting. I house-sat a lot. Yeah, it was very unhealthy. <laughs> um, I was house-sitting the week of Thanksgiving and had t- some time off, and I was at this house alone, and it was forcing me to, like think through things. I didn't have anything to keep my mind busy. And so things were kind of coming up. Uh, and there was a night that I couldn't sleep because of all the stuff that was going through my head. And I was like, I need to sleep. I just need to get it out. And so I kind of just like word vomited everything out onto a page or several pages, (laughs) um, and cried and everything. Um, and it was a lot about my journey coming out and what brought me to that point and things that happened afterwards Mm. um and I know that something that inspired me and helped me was hearing other people's stories Mm. of coming out and what it was like for them and so I wanted to kind of publish it so that if some kid sometime in the future was googling coming out stories um they would potentially find mine and I would be able to encourage them and inspire them that they yeah. are strong enough and they have what it takes to kind of do all of this. Um, so I started a blog and didn't tell anyone about it because I was like, I'm not here for the publicity. I'm here yeah, in case someone stumbles upon this. right? Um, and when I decided to come out publicly, I wanted to share the link to the blog, but it was so long that someone who isn't going through that or hasn't gone through it wouldn't take the time to read through unless they had nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, And I know that it's easier to listen to someone talk than to read pages. Um, And so I figured that if I wanted my message to get out, um, the best way to communicate that was through video because people can turn on a video and kind of like do other things at the same time. Yeah. So.
0: And I remember you posted it like (laughs) on your break at work. Which was so dumb. (laughs) and you're like i'm doing it i'm doing it okay i'm back at work and we're like oh my gosh like don't you want to know but um yeah. maybe it was good maybe you just needed to rip off the band-aid and like focus on something else i don't know yeah
1: i mean it was good too because i was at work and i yeah. didn't have my phone on me so i wasn't getting the constant yeah blow up of yeah. what was going on in my life um it did mean that I spent, like, four hours when I got off work just, like, filtering through everything. Yeah. Um, 99% of it was positive and it was encouraging. Yeah. There is that 1%, though, that was not encouraging and told me I was going to hell. Um, some people had told me that I had given up and that I shouldn't be proud of that and I shouldn't be broadcasting that around. Yeah. Um, someone told me that I would be... A stumbling block for some other kids in the church um, that could be struggling with homosexuality. Um, or, I'm sorry, same-sex attraction, as the church likes to call it.
0: Is, it, is there a difference?
1: Uh, according to the church, yes. Homosexuality is a set thing. You're going to live your life in a homosexual way. Same-sex attraction is just a label on what you're attracted to, and there's no action involved.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I had no idea. Surprising. Yeah. You learned something new. Yeah. Um,
1: but if I was breaking the rules and if I was yeah. going about this the wrong way, um, then other people might be led astray by my actions and mm-hmm. I could be causing other people to go to hell with me.
0: How did you respond to that? Or did you?
1: Um, I didn't respond directly to those people. Mm-hmm. But it hurt. Uh, Some of them were people that I had looked up to in Mm -hmm. the church. Um, And a lot of them were people that I, that knew my family Mm -hmm. and knew, I don't know, they just like knew all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, They were family friends. And um, to have those kinds of people say things like, you're going to hell, um, And the worst part about it is people were saying it because they were trying to make them, I don't know what they were trying to do, but a lot of it was like, hey, I love you too much to let you go down this path of sin. And like, I love you unconditionally, but if you do this, you're going against God's will. Which is not unconditionally... Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so it was like people were trying to smooth over the fact that they were being so cruel by using the church and using God as their reasoning mm-hmm. for saying these horrible things to me.
0: Were you surprised that no. you got negative <laughs> No, feedback? I actually yeah.
1: was fully prepared for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was more surprised by the amount of support that I got than I was really? by the amount of hatred mm-hmm. that I got and lack of understanding from people.
0: Yeah. Wow. So that was about a year and a half ago. It was. How are you now?
1: I am extremely well.
0: Good. <laughs> What's changed?
1: Um, well, physically I lost a hundred pounds after I came out, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people ask me all the time, like, what did you do differently? And yeah. there's a little bit of like self care that I've put into it. Yeah, um, I'm. I wouldn't say that I'm significantly more active. Um, I am somewhat more active, but it's not like a strict routine that I follow. Yeah. Um, I don't. I man, I still eat crap food too. So like, it's not even that. Um, but because I don't myself at my core yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that have just kind of like fallen off to the side yeah. of things that were so big in my life. Um, like if I like food was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like if I was stressed out, I would like eat something sweet or something that would make me feel better. Yeah. And the things that stressed me out only stressed me out so much because everything inside was already at the boiling point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so those little things that affected me so much don't affect me anymore. And so they have less control over my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that being genuinely happier too mm. has some kind of chemical, scientific something along with it Yeah. that your body just reacts to. So. Yeah. Um, I am because of, like I said, all of that stuff, not being such a big thing. I am more genuinely happy. Mm -hmm. Um, I have more patience for people and more patience for my job. Um, just because it's not, I'm not so filled with hatred for myself that I have room to store some other things, Mm -hmm. um, that don't need to be so big. Hmm. Um, I, like Becca said, I got promoted. Mm -hmm. Um, I twice (laughs) twice. since we met. Yeah. Um, I came out publicly in January, um, of of 2017. Um, so I came out to myself in October and then publicly came out in January. Okay. Um, which I wanted to wait until the end of summer, Yeah. but that wasn't a thing. Um. and in March I got promoted and I bought my first like new car um, I had moved out in December um, and from there life just kind of like took off um,
0: Daniel had the biggest glow up I've ever seen <laughs> like your style has changed like how you dress yourself how you present yourself like he said he bought a car he moved out switched kind of jobs locations that's like you're still you but you're just a much happier version of you it's like you took all the best parts and like i don't know ran with it it was really cool to see that (laughs) and he just he looks so good daniel's so (laughs) handsome oh (laughs) my gosh you are thank you you're you don't hear that (laughs) oh my gosh no (laughs) (laughs) daniel's very Um. handsome
1: Well, shucks. (laughs) Um, I also, six months ago, so in July, got my first official boyfriend. Um, So that's different about me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Things are going really well with him. Um, What's his name? uh, (laughs) This is so obnoxious, but his name is Dan. (laughs) Dan.
0: Dan and Daniel. <laughs> he likes oh, to refer to us as the double Ds. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. You don't like that? I
1: like it for people that I know. Okay. But when it's just random people on the street and we tell each other our names and he goes, yeah, we're the double Ds. I'm like, can we filter a little <laughs> bit more for strangers, please? But That's amazing. <laughs> too bad. Yeah. Uh, we have a puppy together. Her name is Raya. She's a great Pyrenees, Alaskan Husky mix. and She's the most precious thing ever. Awesome. So.
0: Well, we're just about out of time. But before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, what's one thing you wish someone, if to people who are contemplating coming out are in that dark place, what's one thing you want to say to them?
1: Just one. Or a few. Um, something, the most powerful thing to me is actually something, ooh, getting choked up again, is something that you said to me, um, and have said to me a few times, um, and that's just confirming that, that you're brave and you are strong and you have what it takes to do this, um... Your happiness is not dependent on other people's views. No. Or other people's thoughts of the way you should live your life. You are the only person that gets to decide that. And you have what it takes to make that happen. hmm That was, like, the biggest thing to me. And even to this day, when people tell me that I'm brave, it, like, chokes me up. Because it never feels like it. Because there's so much hate. Um, it just feels like you're getting beaten down all the time. And for someone to validate that mm-hmm. does wonders. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you have come out or you're contemplating coming out or you're in the midst of coming out or whatever spot you're in, you have what it takes and you have people in your life like Becca that can empower you and can be there for you. Um, you just have to reach out and trust that someone will take hold. mm mm-hmm.
0: Well said. <laughs> well said. Well, thank you so much for being here yeah, today. Thank you. Um,
1: I'm going to do a little plug for my blog. Too. Please yeah, do it. Okay. Uh, it's not updated ever. Uh, there's, I think there's four posts, but it's on blogger.com because that's free. Um, <laughs> and it's called Couch Cushion Contemplations.
0: I like that. I'm going to um, write it down.
1: <laughs> and that's because all of the time that I had spent... Writing for my blog was done while I was house-sitting on other people's couches and had, mm-hmm. like, no other thing to do with my time than to process, so.
0: It's blogster? Blogger. Blogger. Like, frogger. Oh. The blog. All right. Well, go check <laughs> out Daniel's blog.
1: Yeah.
0: Read up. And uh, hit subscribe to me. Do it. <laughs> and subscribe to Daniel. if If you can't Yeah. yeah anyway all right thank you guys so much for listening um we love all of you and until next time